0: Think on your feet for our fast and curious 5K, a -a one-of-a-kind race hosted by WBEZ and the Chicago Sun-Times on Saturday, July 27th at Humboldt Park. More info and early bird registration at wbez.org slash events.
1: I'm Sasha Ann Simons, and this is Reset, your daily source for news, politics, and culture. You may have heard the tech industry is shedding positions at a number of high-profile companies.
0: 11,000 employees losing their jobs as the Facebook and Instagram parent company joins more than a dozen other Silicon Valley companies cutting jobs. You're talking Twitter recently, 50% of their staff. Robinhood, 23%. Intel,
2: 20% of their staff. Many more announcing that they are slowing hiring or freezing hiring for the time being.
1: More than 100,000 people have lost their technology jobs since the beginning of the year, many of them in the last two months. Meanwhile, Chicago startups are saying goodbye to workers. Here to help us make sense of what's behind this downsizing and what we can expect in the coming months is Craig Wortman, clinical professor of marketing at Northwestern University and operating partner at Pritzker Venture Capital. Also with us is John Pletz, senior reporter at Crane Chicago Business. Craig, I'll start with you. Lately, it seems like every day I've been hearing about yet another tech company laying off employees. Why are we seeing so many layoffs now?
2: Well, it's I think it's the the classic search for growth. I mean, it has been a, a period of time we've been living in when we've got to ramp up our teams very quickly, or at least companies think they have to. And in order to compete and have feet on the street in, in sales, engineers, coding, et cetera, and I, I think it's a it's a entering what looks to be a pretty strong correction. Uh, those growth plans, those those ambitious growth plans, are coming home to roost, and people are realizing, oh my God, we overstaffed for growth that never, you know, that never came.
1: Mm-hmm. Even during the pandemic, John, the the tech sector was still growing, and the unemployment rate is actually low right now. It's at three point seven percent. So, talk more about what shifted in this industry specifically.
0: Well, as Dave mentioned, you know, uh, you've got you've got two things going on. You've got uh, some individual companies like Amazon um, or even Facebook, where they had hired really aggressively. It was grow, grow, grow. Uh, E-commerce has slowed up; the growth, at least, has slowed up for Amazon, so they're pulling back. I mean, you know, they went they went into a massive hiring boom the last three or four years. You know, putting up warehouses everywhere, and you've got on the other side. You know, Facebook has had a slowdown with digital advertising. At the same time, they had been hiring like mad, um, trying to build out, you know, what the, what they call the metaverse. And then you've got on the other side with startups, is they were doing the same thing, which was, you know, hiring for growth. Mm-hmm. You know, there was there was massive amounts of money flying around um, for these companies. They raised a lot of money. The whole idea is to grow, and you start hiring, and you know the the market correction in tech stocks has pushed that back, has, you know, sort of has that rolling back on tech startups yeah. who are now realizing that their ability to raise money um, is nothing like what it was 18 months ago when they started hiring. So they're putting the brakes on. So you've got a confluence of a couple of things going, see. going on.
1: So, Craig, weigh in here. How exactly does a giant like Meta hire 11,000 more employees than it actually needs?
2: Well, Sasha and I'm not sure. I'm not sure it's eleven thousand more than they need. But you know, as that ramp up is happening across the tech sector, and as John points out, big and small, you know, it's not just the metas; it's everybody. Mm-hmm. As they're ramping up, they've got to, they've got to remain competitive. You know, there's an interesting innovation twist that John mentioned, which you know, with the metaverse and really, really investing in what they think is going to be the future, and that just requires a lot of people. And the tough part—I'm not, you know—I'm not defending this, but the tough part as the leadership team, as the C-suite, is to figure out and calibrate how many people am I going to need to be as competitive or more competitive than than the landscape, you know, than than my immediate competitors. How many people is that going to require? How do I not? How do I have the people so I don't give up growth that is available to me? And then, you know, when there's a pretty sudden stop, it all comes. Unraveled. I mm-hmm. will. I will say that, you know, John, you made me think about this. One of the things that always makes me proud of being a Chicago person is that, and I'm, I'm commenting now, Sasha, and mostly on the the smaller firms in the venture scene and okay. the tech scene in Chicago. One of the things that makes me always proud to be a Chicago guy is that I think that the growth companies in Chicago do a better job of this. We we are just better in the Chicago ecosystem at. Calibrating that growth, where when the wind is blowing hard, maybe those companies do, don't experience the, the the wild growth that their competitive set is. But when the wind stops blowing, mm-hmm. they don't they don't hurt as much. And I just think they're more um, I don't know what the word is, but more grounded, more sensible, a little bit less. Wild in their thinking when mm. the wind is blowing hard, and just a little bit more realistic when times get tough.
1: Well, John, let's dig into your um, your reporting on these tech startups here in Chicago that have also been been laying off parts of their workforce. Any sense of of maybe what type of employees are being let go here? Is this are we talking sales, engineering, or is it a mixed bag?
0: It's a mixed bag, but it's more heavily weighted toward um, toward sales. Okay. Uh, companies are pretty reluctant to. Cut loose their tech talent. It's really expensive. Um, It's hard to find. Uh, You know, the the really interesting thing is we talk about all these um, layoffs, which is why people aren't you know freaking out um, in quite the same way we as we've seen in previous downturns. I mean, you know, if you look at Amazon, um, you know, they're talking about cutting 10,000 jobs. Mm -hmm. It's three percent of their workforce. You know, Um, so so you have to you have to keep it in balance. But the other thing that's going on here is many of the companies that have done layoffs, um, you know, in the tech sector, were hiring at the same time. So, you know, they were still hiring. I I talked to a couple of founders, and they were doing some cutbacks. They had either done acquisitions or they'd, you know, they'd hired like mad. Um, And this is something that that you also see when you have a a period in which, you know, you've got massive amounts of capital, everybody's growing, scrambling, hiring, you know, Mm -hmm. And and this is true, you know, outside of tech, you know, it's a, it's still a really tight uh, labor market. You talk to CEOs and CFOs right now, their number one problem is fine and talent. Yeah. So, the you know, they've culled the herd a bit as well. Some of these layoffs are people who grew too fast. You know, when you grow like mad, you're never going to get all A-list players. And this has played out in previous downturns as well.
1: Mm-hmm. Have you been talking to employees, John, who have been laid off recently?
0: I've talked to a few. Um, not, what are they not saying? Uh, it, it, it really varies. You know, in some cases, um, people uh, saw it coming. In other places, they were completely caught off guard. In a lot of cases, what I was, what I was uh, speaking to just earlier, is that they've their job prospects are very good, and that, so they feel confident. You know, it's unlike some of the downturns. You know, if you look at the last recession, particularly, mm-hmm. where things just went bad across the board. You know, it looked like the economy was just grinding to a halt. Um, there was, you know, basically turmoil, pain, suffering, layoffs everywhere. That's a very different scenario than what you're in now. Right. Um, there's no saying that it won't, that the layoffs won't become, you know, more widespread and the music won't stop. Uh, and that'll that'll generate a whole different kind of reaction. But, it, you know, it was kind of a mixed bag. Some people yeah. were, were floored and other people were... You know, they they were looking for looking for a job almost immediately, mm-hmm. and in many cases, you know, you just check out some of the LinkedIn posts. Uh, people found, you know, got rehired pretty fast.
1: Great, great. Well, Craig, help us understand something. Why are layoffs seemingly the the go to solution when companies want to save money?
2: Oh, gee, pressure pressure from investors. Um, just you know, they, these folks are under tremendous pressure to remain profitable and deliver on expectations, you know, again, big companies, big and small. Yeah. So, I mean, it is, you know, it is the most obvious. It's the most costly thing um, in a company labor. And, and it's just, uh, it results in having, you know, it, it's a terrible decision and it's a terrible thing for uh, the employees involved, of course. Um, but that's, I mean, that's the main reason.
1: This is Reset. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. If you're just joining us, we're discussing the recent slew of layoffs in the tech industry and what we're seeing here in Chicago as well. We're joined by Craig Wartman, who's a clinical professor of marketing at Northwestern University and operating partner at Pritzker Venture Capital. Also, John Pletz of Crane Chicago Business. Craig, I want to go back to basics for a minute. You work, as I mentioned, with Pritzker Venture Capital Group. Just explain what you all do as investors
2: well we try to find companies that are you know really interesting growth companies that have a differentiated position have something unique about them uh, and an insight uh, as my colleague professor david Schoenthal always says an insight into customers that other people don't have and so that's you know at its at its fundamental what we do and then we try to surround them with um you know good people who and and resources that can help them grow yeah and again back to my earlier comments it's what's so great about being part of the chicago ecosystem is there's just so much talent out there um, that that's that are doing really interesting things in new industries really interesting things in old industries Mm -hmm. that are just very very different from the norm
1: well you talked about helping them grow why is quick growth so important in the tech startup world
2: well, it's, I mean, it's important for a number of reasons. It's important to establish early advantage where you win um, early customers, make sure that you're building, you know, what we refer- typically refer to as a moat around you. So, you you know, you've got some protection where when things are early and unknown and you're scrappy and trying to figure everything out at once, mm-hmm. including, you know, your technology or your pro- what we call product market fit, your people, um, as John mentions, everything, everything is happening all at once. So you're trying to get growth to give you not only just capital, you know, we always say green dollars. What I was an IBMer for years in Chicago, and we always said green dollars are better than blue dollars, mm-hmm. meaning, you know, money from customers is the best money you can get over internal dollars that you get from investors. Gotcha. And so getting that early growth is going to be really key to be able to grow further, build more, build out the product more when you're still learning. and And that's a You know, that's a long path, right? I mean, it it takes a long time to learn what customers need and how you uniquely help those customers make progress in their lives and their businesses. It just takes a lot of time.
1: Well, you know, it seems that companies are trying to spend the money as quickly as possible, which is then leading to growth that may not be sustainable. Is that the problem?
2: well that that is true i mean there's there's sustainable growth there's sort of there's a whole you know there's a whole mess of things happening here but there's there's investment leading to sustainable growth and then there's the wider economic you know uh pressures and so you know the what you always look for is a leadership team and a company and it's people who are really really careful and wise about the investments they make within the larger within the larger ecosystem. But at some point, you know, as John points out, when, you know, when nobody shows up to the metaverse and you've invested billions of dollars there, then you're going to have a huge problem. You know, that huge problem at scale.
1: Mm -hmm. Uh, John, remind us, aside from laying people off, what other steps are tech firms taking to to save money right now? And Uh and what are you hearing about how long this, this might last, this trend in layoffs?
0: Uh, No, no, nobody knows. I mean, you know, it's all connected to what the Fed and everybody else are trying to figure out, which is, you know, um, when when can you sort of get a handle on inflation? Can you bring it in for a soft landing? You know, all of that. What you're hearing from tech companies and the other things that that they do—it's a, you know, particularly venture-backed tech companies. I mean, the playbook's been out there for six or seven months. Venture firms have been, you know, talking to their um, their companies, and you know, it's everything from. Can you renegotiate um, or end, you know, certain software subscriptions? Can you renegotiate with vendors, landlords? You know, there's a all number of ways that they can save money. But for the most part, where, you know, where tech companies and particularly venture-backed companies really um, diverge from other um, non-venture-backed or more mature companies is most of your assets, you know, most of your spending is tied up in people. And that's why you see layoffs as sort of the first, the first resort, uh, yeah. and, and that's, you know, we're, what, what everybody's watching, it'll be really interesting to see, you, you saw this last week, you know, Cameo did a second round of layoffs. And, and so, you know, the Facebooks and, and Amazons of the world are doing, you know, round one. You're already starting to see some companies do second rounds, talking about uncertainty in the economic environment ahead which, you know, indicates that it may be um, tougher going for longer than people had anticipated.
1: Craig, a few other stories that I've been reading lately on this issue, they've argued that these layoffs will actually lead to the next great company being born. Do you agree with that?
2: Gosh, Sasha, and I don't know. I mean, it's so so tough. What you hope, right, is that people— who are in that tough, tough circumstance, you know, some of them will go and and find other positions. Some of them, it may be just the thing that they need. They've gained an insight uh, through this process that they think that they can monetize and they can grow. And that does, I mean, it does happen. I I have no data on that. And I can't, you (laughs) know, I can't look you in the eye and say that'll happen. But boy, you sure hope so. I mean, it really does. So possibly sow the seeds of future really interesting companies.
1: We'll have to leave it there. That was Craig Wartman, clinical professor of marketing at Northwestern University and operating partner at Pritzker Venture Capital, and John Pletz, senior reporter at Crane Chicago Business. Thank you both. Okay, so we know layoffs are hitting tech right now, but what should you do if your company starts laying off workers or if you lose your job? Fortunately, our next guest has some tips for how to make the job transition a bit smoother. Joining us now is Washington Post reporter Danielle Abril. She recently wrote an article called The Layoff Survival Guide, What to Do Before, During, and After. Danielle, let's say that someone comes to you and and they think layoffs at their company are on the horizon. What's the first thing that you would tell them to do?
3: Yeah, absolutely, and and actually, Sasha, we're seeing a lot of that right now, um, and yeah. the funny thing is, I think workers often think they don't really need to worry about it unless it hits them, but we spoke to a bunch of experts who say, you know, the preparation really begins the minute you start hearing wind of, or getting wind of that, and you should really do a, a few things before the layoffs actually hit. So, the first thing that we learned from experts Uh, That folks should do if they do get wind that there could be layoffs coming Mm -hmm. is get themselves organized, um, really understand what their financial situation is what their medical needs are, and what their local laws are uh, around unemployment and and rules on notification. Um, They want to make sure that, you know, they've looked into, are there any doctor's appointments they can get out of the way? Do they have, you know, a a federal savings account in which, you know, it's medical expenses, it's an account that's specific for your medical expenses provided by your employer, Mm -hmm. and you can only use it if you have your employer's health insurance. So, do you need to get some dentist appointments out of the way while you still have your insurance, while you still have access to that savings, um, and then also start looking at your personal items? You know, get your the your personal data together, your personal contacts, things that you won't get in trouble for taking, mm-hmm. um, but make sure you start to gather that because. Once you get laid out, it's kind of instant and you may be locked out of both the physical office and the digital office.
1: Yeah. Very true. And it happens fast. It happens very fast. Yeah. Um, you know yeah, and
3: that's go I, ahead. I mean, that's really just I'm apologies, Sasha. That that's really just the first piece of it because there's so many elements of, you know, Then you want to make sure you're connected to your colleagues. You want to make sure you're actually already looking for work. Um, Applying for that next job, if you do intend to get a job right after you're laid off, it's not immediate. It takes months. It takes weeks to apply, to go through the process. So really using your networks and and connecting to the colleagues that are there with you and the colleagues that you may have in your past that may serve you in the future.
1: Yeah. Well, you know, let's go back to some of the the before tips you just mentioned, Danielle, and part of that was being uh, organized, right, and um, doctor's appointments and such you mentioned. Any other ways that, that you think folks can best take advantage of some of those existing benefits through their employer before they've got to go?
3: Yeah, I, I mean, really, as I mentioned, Sasha, you really want to take a look at what you have access to now um, and what you can get out of the way. So think about uh, making some appointments that you may have further down the road. Get them out of the way now. Get your annual, get your physical, get your um, dental care, get all of that out of the way because you may not have um, the kind of insurance that you have now for several months Mm -hmm. and it may be sort of thanking yourself early um, for what you you may need down the road.
1: Are there ways to leverage resources at your current job to to help you you find the next one?
3: Yes. um, And I think that it's really important that, uh, you know, what we heard from experts is that, you know, if you're part of a layoff, um, there's a good chance that your colleagues are also in the same boat or there's some group of colleagues in the same boat. So you're probably all scrambling to do the same thing. So staying connected to the folks that are also probably involved in this, they're all going to be using the same resources, looking around, connecting, pulling from things. And if you can create some kind of system, whether it's, you know, sort of an offline WhatsApp group, or, um, you know, just texting a group text where you can text each other and and keep each other abreast of what's happening and who you're connecting to, you know, you can sort of create sort of like an emergency system of what you're hearing, what you know, not only internally, but externally Mm -hmm. as to like, You know, we heard that this company is hiring a lot of folks in our job, our job category. Um, And that can really help you not only with, you know, kind of getting organized and figuring out what's going on internally and what your next steps are, but also sometimes with the emotional aspect and just really feeling like you have companions through the process.
1: This is Reset. I'm Sasha Ann Simons, and we've been discussing the recent layoffs in the tech industry at companies like Meta, Twitter, startups here in Chicago as well. And now we're getting advice on what to do if you find yourself suddenly let go from a job. Our guest is Danielle Abril, reporter at the Washington Post and also author of a recent layoff survival guide. So, Danielle, again, going back to that day, right? It's usually untimely yeah. when that happens, right? When you get laid mm-hmm. off. Um, Walk us through what typically happens during a layoff. Have you heard from folks maybe a, a certain way that the message is delivered? Is there a consensus there?
3: Well, it's pretty funny you mentioned that, Sasha, because companies are really taking uh, a number of approaches, and we've seen everything from you know getting an unexpected email to being thrown in a, a zoom room of a thousand other people and being said you no longer have a job to the which very is so
1: wild to approach. me that we've that we've right. we've come here, you know.
3: Yeah, where you literally are just watching a broadcast of somebody saying thank you and you no longer have a job or maybe not even the thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Right, But, um, you know, and and then there's everything up to the personal touch where it's, you know, you you get a phone call or you get called into a meeting and you get more personal attention to ask questions. So it really does take a number of uh, sort of models as to how people are getting laid off. And you really should be prepared for any situation and just understand that, you know, You might get an email, and that's it. Um, So really just making sure that you are doing your part of this, which is even if there's no touch, there's no chance for questions, you're not dealing with a human who's telling you you no longer have a job, making sure you're taking care of your official business. So what documents do you need? What questions do you have? Do you know if you have severance? Do you know um, if you have any kind of health care um, beyond this. Some, some employers will let you have your health care till the end of the month. Yeah. Some employers will cut you off immediately. Some employers will say, we'll pay for an extra month. So make sure you get all those details out of the way, even if you're not dealing with a human. Maybe yeah. you have to contact HR. Maybe you have to send an email back. But you need to get all those details, and you need to get them in writing.
1: Um, and so, are they, are so, they always you know, effective immediately, these layoffs?
3: Um, Usually they are. The ones we've seen usually are. But what we're also seeing is oftentimes the layoff is immediate. In in other words, you're done with your job, but they'll keep you on payroll sometimes for a few weeks, a month, two months, Okay. Um, in which case, you know, You're technically still an employee, even though you're not working. So remember that when you're updating your resume. Um, As long as you're on payroll, you're technically still able to claim them as your employer.
1: Got it. Any room for negotiation, though, in a layoff situation? Like, do the employees have any power in that moment?
3: So that is actually what shocked me the most, is one of our experts told us everything is negotiable. Now, whether or not your employer will be open to... Allowing for negotiations depends on your employer, mm-hmm. um, but you should try. Um, are there things that, you know, make sense um, based on maybe the amount of work you did or the amount of years you served? And maybe maybe you deserve a little bit more severance or maybe, you know, you think that your health care coverage needs to last a little longer. And the way our experts suggest going about doing this is really understanding what the market looks like, and what other people in your industry and your job title are getting, and then coming armed with data. So the minute you hear of layoffs, start doing that research. That way, when the day comes, you come armed and you say, hey, other people in my industry are getting this. Mm -hmm. This would be really helpful if we could extend this. What can I do to make this happen? And you really should try to negotiate. I mean, the worst that can happen is they can say no.
1: Yeah. Any mistakes that people often make when they get laid off? Yeah,
3: absolutely. Um, Sasha, this was universally told to us by a number of experts is the biggest part of being laid off is not to let your emotions get the Mm, best of you. You must remain calm. It can be a very personal thing. You're getting laid off. It can feel like you worked your hardest and it's under unappreciated. It's tough. Um, yeah. It can feel like a reflection of your own work. And remember, none of this is personal. This is all business. It's bottom line. It literally has nothing to do with your quality of work or who you are as a person. So you just have to look at it as a business deal, take the emotions out of it, because right now you're just a laid off worker and you have plenty of opportunities to go forward and you possibly even use this job as a reference and use your boss as a reference. If you get upset and you get emotional and you make it personal and you start telling people off, well now you've created a situation where you're not going to have that reference. And if anybody ever talks to your old boss or or connects with your old boss, they might say, this person is very emotional, they went off the handle, I wouldn't hire this person again. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden, you've created a reason to not be hired in the future.
1: Well, you've given some advice already, Danielle, but any other strategies that you heard from the experts that you spoke with uh, about how folks can get back on their feet and find that next job? So I'm talking once you're ready to go update that LinkedIn and, and brush off that resume, what else should you know?
3: Absolutely. Well, uh, our experts first said, you know, it's really important to you give yourself that emotional time. And, and for different people, that looks like a different amount of time. You may need a day or two to recover. You may need months to recover. You may need weeks. You may not be able to job hunt during that time. Um, but hopefully, uh, if you are trying to get a job pretty quickly, even if you need the time to recover, still be sending those feelers out. Um, if you are trying to get a job quickly, You want to get those feelers out. You want to start working your network um, while you kind of start dealing with the the psychological effects of of taking that time for yourself and, you know, um, kind of recovering from that. You want to get public. Um, During this whole process, until you're laid off, you kind of want to keep it to yourself. Once you're laid off, you're fair game. You're trying to get hired. Let people know. Go on LinkedIn. Tell people you're in the hunt. Tell them what you're looking for. Um, you know, whatever social network that you use to connect to other professionals. I say LinkedIn because that's the most commonly used one. But you may be part of associations on Facebook or Instagram or, you know, you may be connected to a, a group of people in your industry on Twitter. Use those networks to say, hey, I'm here. I'm looking. This is what I'm looking for. And, and start just getting out there. Uh, experts really said if you're trying to get hired right after you get laid off, you have to think of this as making your new job, getting a job. <laughs> yeah. So you get up at a normal time, you get going. And job hunting going is to work, another job, your isn't it? Work, yeah. Yep, your work is to get that job. Yeah. So, you know, start preparing your elevator pitch. What is your goal? What do you think you can get done? What are your strengths? What are the things that you can bring to an organization? And can you say it in that one minute and just say, this is what I am. This is who I am. This is what I'm looking for. And here's what I can do for you.
1: Love that. We'll leave it there. Danielle Brill is a reporter at The Washington Post. Thank you so much for all the advice.
3: Yeah, thanks for having me.
1: This episode of Reset was produced and edited by Andrew Merriweather. Want to stay up to date on how national news is affecting Chicago? Then subscribe to our podcast. We bring you the most important stories in the city and across the country. And when you subscribe, leave us a rating. It really helps more listeners find us. That's it for Reset. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. We'll chat with you again tomorrow.